0: The arts empower. The arts give a voice to the voiceless. The arts help transform American communities and, as I often say, the result can be a better child, a better town, a better nation, and certainly a better world. Let's champion our arts action heroes, emulate them, and make our communities everything we want them to be. This quote by Robert L. Lynch, president of Americans for the Arts, points to much of what the Intersect Art Center in St. Louis is doing, but not entirely. Find out how faith also plays a key role in this art center on this action and in ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action, Action in Ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. We're joined by Sarah Bernhardt, who is the director of the Intersect Arts Center here in St. Louis, Missouri. I had the opportunity to meet Sarah a couple months ago at a lecture here in St. Louis, and I'm so excited to have her here joining us today to tell us about her work and its impact on the community. Sarah, it's great to have you here with us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Sarah, we can't wait to hear all about what you're doing at Intersect Art Center. Let's start by talking about what your background in art is. Sure. Well,
1: I did my undergraduate work in art at Concordia, Wisconsin. They don't have the strongest arts program there, um, but while I was there, I really fell in love with this idea of how we use whatever vocation we're in to you know, serve our community mm-hmm. and serve God. Um, And then I went to grad school at Wash U and sort of had the opposite experience where the the arts education was um, tremendous, Mm -hmm. but um, I was really disenfranchised by kind of the reason everyone's doing everything. It seemed very self-serving and um, kind of indulgent and, oh, um, yeah, it didn't feel so great, so... Uh, while I was there, I started doing a lot of research around um, how arts are a part of communities or how can, they can shape and impact communities. Um, so it's kind of a niche in the field called social practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got really interested in, in working with youth at that time. I started um, doing a lot of like documentary photography and video and storytelling work with um, refugee youth at the Peace Center mm-hmm. down in South City. From there, just really started exploring this idea of... of how arts can be a part of serving communities and, um, growing, growing them, helping them be stronger and, um,
0: all that. Well, how did the Intersect Arts Center come about then?
1: Yeah. So it grew out of that work where, you know, I was working with youth, um, interested in this, this community arts thing. Um, and then while I was in grad school, my husband, Bob got a call to Holy Cross Lutheran Church. Um, and so, We were there for about a year while I was still in school. And then when I graduated, um, I was looking for a studio space and Holy Cross had these two massive abandoned buildings, the old Lutheran school, and then they owned the old Lutheran seminary building, Mm -hmm. um, that were just empty. Um, so I asked if I could have a studio space in one of the classrooms and they were like, sure, you know, (laughs) no more power to you. Um, so I was kind of setting up shop over the summer and there was just a lot of kids running around making mischief, um, And the one day I was up on the third floor, I was where my studio was and I heard glass breaking and looked down and saw some, a boy throwing rocks at the windows and uh, he sort of scampered off and I didn't get a chance to connect with him then. But later that week ran into him in the parking lot and we were chatting. He's kind of like, you know, who are you? And what are you doing here? And I was like, well, I, I, is this a school? He was kind of confused about what was going on. I was like, well, no, I'm an artist and I have an art studio here. And, um uh, invited him to come in and see it. So he we looked around a little bit, and he seemed kind of interested. And so I said, well, you know, do you want to do an art project together? And he was like, yeah, sure. Um, so I was like, well, I have um, all this broken glass in this one studio. I think we should clean that up and use it for, like, a mosaic project I've been thinking about. And um, he got really into it and was a great project. And so it just kind of sparked this conversation with Bob in particular about how can we positively engage the youth around the church um, and then utilize these big empty spaces that the the church facility had Um, and my answer to that was you know I'm an artist so I'm gonna do art with them Uh and uh, that's where it's really it's grown out of that Um, so that summer we started like a just a midweek arts class for 10 kids or something like that Um, and it, it went really well and it's just grown over the last five years ever since
0: so this is the same boy who broke a window yeah and then you created art out of the broken glass
1: yeah that's sort of the origin story anyway
0: yeah
1: (laughs) so mosaics are actually like a big part of our uh, aesthetic right now we we did he
0: realize that that, like you recognized him as the as the same kid
1: I mean I don't know if he he knew he got away thought he got away with it or not I mean he probably (laughs) suspected he was maybe 10 or 12 Uh so I, I don't know I think he was a little skeptical of what was going on, but I think there was actually something about that offer of, do you want to come inside and let's do something together that really like caught him off guard. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, he came for years after that to, to participate in our programming.
0: So now it's not just one child who you're helping, but, but many, like what is the mission of the organization and how do you carry that out?
1: Sure. Um, so kind of fundamentally, our mission is just to nurture a place of beauty Mm um so you know we do that through providing kind of space for hope and imagination and relationship building um and the way that looks is you know sometimes it is through actual art projects but a lot of times it's a conversation with the janitor or an angry parent of an after school kid but um yeah just you know kind of back to really creating a place where beautiful things are made and beautiful interactions can happen is is really fundamental and sometimes that's you know, the, uh, there are a lot of like fist fights in the classroom. So it doesn't always look beautiful. Um, or, you know, an artist makes something that maybe actually looks really revolting, but it's expressing some place of pain that they're experiencing. And so those are the opportunities then where the beauty of the gospel can really mm-hmm. um, find a place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of, you know, the most beautiful thing that we can be doing.
0: What types of activities can people get involved in? What kind of services do you offer?
1: So it's a lot of creating, obviously. Mm-hmm. And a lot of relationship building as well. So those are kind of hand-in-hand in in what we do. But um, uh, we offer a lot of educational work. So we, every day after school, have programming for youth. Um, We have teen apprenticeships and studio hours. We have adult classes on the weekends. And then we have a lot of, like, community maker spaces. So a big ceramic studio and a wood shop and paper making and a a commercial kitchen and computer lab. So, you know, dance studio. There's so many. Um, (laughs) So lots of uh, various groups kind of share the space and run different types of programming. Um, And then we've got a gallery space where we have exhibitions um, around all sorts of themes and topics. Um, We've got concerts and lectures and conferences um, that happen in that space as well. And then um, we have private studio spaces for artists in the community. We've got about 25 to 30 spaces that artists rent out. And that sort of also creates this really interesting community of people making in the space Um, and then yeah some of our upcoming projects are developing like a culinary program and um, an outdoor community garden space.
0: Oh it's not just one thing it's many huh? (laughs)
1: Too many. (laughs) A lot of things. Too many things.
0: (laughs) What does the community look like where where you're working right now? How do the kids show up to take part of the services that you offer?
1: It's a very diverse community. I think it's about 70 to 80 percent African-American. Then we have a lot of refugee resettlement um, and Hispanic population. We're kind of right down by Cherokee Street, if you're Mm -hmm. familiar with that at all. Uh, It's also a very impoverished community. I think over 40 percent of the households are living below the poverty line and over 60 percent of children living below the poverty line. Um, So that comes with a whole host of struggles, of course, attached to it. I would also say the, the population is largely unchurched, um, especially our, our interaction with kind of the artist community is vastly unchurched. As far as youth, a lot of um, youth just, it was kind of a lot of um, word of mouth mm-hmm. recruitment. So we would walk around and um, <laughs> knock on doors and hand out flyers and kids would just bring themselves. Yeah. Um, it's been a little bit more formalized. We're now partnering with Eagle School across the street. Mm-hmm. Um in our in our building um, so those kids come over for for classes um, but we still kind of do a lot of on-the-ground word-of-mouth recruitment
0: how do you how do the students pay for the services or are, are there scholarships or are they free or yeah. how does that work
1: yeah all of the uh, youth education programs are free mm-hmm. um, and then some of our adult programs have very low costs um, so we offer scholarships for any like parents that would want to be involved or, or folks in the community who just can't afford it um so we do a lot of grant writing and other kind of, you know, fiscal work to make that happen. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what about the people who lead your your classes? Do you have artists that you bring in? Or are they volunteers from the community? Yeah, mostly
1: artists that we hire, kind of creating like economic opportunities for artists is another, you know, tenant of what we're trying to do.
0: Well, it's not just about making and creating um, works of art. You also collaborate. Um, what's that collaboration like between the church and Intersect Art Center?
1: You know, it's been uh, happening on a kind of a couple different levels, which is interesting. Um, one of them is this very uh, sort of logistical and pragmatic side of renovating these big buildings that Holy Cross had. Um, so we came together with Eagle Schools, Eagle Charter Schools, and, um, and then Intersect and Holy Cross. Altogether, we were able to renovate these two really large buildings and um, now house a public charter school with like a Christian wraparound program and then Intersect found this this really tremendous facility as home as well. Um, and none of that would have been possible for any of our organizations without collaborating. So, um, yeah, kind of just from a pragmatic standpoint, that's been really exciting with that whole renovation process, Holy Cross actually moved their pastoral offices all over to the Intersect building um, Mm -hmm. as this kind of intentional cohabitation idea. Um, So that's been really fruitful, actually, just this sort of like constantly bumping into the arts community that we're creating and the church community and this, um, yeah, cohabitation or, you know, just living alongside of each other and working alongside of each other, we think is just kind of the, the way that you have to start um, relationship building in order to really break down, dismantle prejudice. I mean, right. I think that's a huge—both how, how a lot of, you know, secular culture feels about the church as well as how the church feels about secular culture and, um, you know, across the racial lines, just all of that um, we think can really initially start to be addressed by living and working together. So that's another piece of it. And then anecdotally, I can share a story about a really beautiful kind of collaboration that's happened. Um, So we have a a young man, D'Angelo, who uh, we met about three years ago. He was um, just playing in the parking lot. He was living in some transitional housing that's behind the church. And we happened to be running a... um, summer arts camp that was all about conflict resolution and violence prevention. Anyway, we invite him to come inside and participate. He's uh, had a great time. And for the last three years has been really consistently coming to all of our programming and, um, got really connected with pastor Bob and some of the volunteers from church and sort of made that transition over to the church space and was coming to church every week and bringing his family eventually. And they all end up getting baptized, um, have this sort of really lovely, um, Story and connection. And then uh this past summer, he uh ends up in prison. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's just a very very complicated poverty is a very complicated yeah. story and very situation. And um, you know, there was a lot of kind of like, oh, we failed, or um, we weren't able to kind mm-hmm. of Yeah, we failed. Um, but wow, well, a really beautiful moment where we saw the church and, and the arts community kind of collaborate was, um, at his bond hearing, um, over 20 people showed up from the artists and the the church folks, and they're all sitting together. And the judge says, I have never seen this many people mm. show up for a young black man or write letters of support. Um, mm. so they were just blown away. And, um, he, he ends up getting out on bond and, on a Friday and his request to Pastor Bob was, I want to be confirmed on Sunday at oh Holy goodness. Cross. <laughs> so the church throws him this huge party and like all of the intersect people come and Holy Cross people come and are just like supporting this young man who has a lot of challenges ahead. I mean, really, you know, it's just like the cars are certainly stacked against him um, to to make it in this world. Yeah. The places he's allowed to go in his GPS are to, to church and to intersect and his foster home so he comes every single day and he meets with artists and other volunteers from the church so i think it's just an example of how like pulling you know from these different communities together can you know hopefully just be a larger support network for for communities of people that really need need support and love and care
0: i would imagine and i might be wrong but i would imagine that probably some of the cultural things that happen in the church are maybe slightly different than the cultural things that happen in the community. <laughs> I'll take that as an affirmative. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just—I'm guessing that those those cultures are a little bit um, uh-huh. divergent from uh-huh. one another. Yeah. And I'm wondering <laughs> how do the two groups come together? Why do you think that happened? That people from both places came together when this young man was in a place of need, and then now all risen up to support him and help, hopefully continue to move him forward in life. Why? Do, how do you think that happened? Why?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, part of what we've tried to do over the last five years is really identify what conversations and what kind of common ground we do have with yeah. with sort of the, the secular and the secularizing culture around us. Um, and, um, you know, kind of the social justice conversation, um, especially around poverty and education and um, community care is really happening in both worlds. And so that was something we could come together on. Um, and we saw that happening in this particular, you know, anecdote. And what's really exciting is when you can nurture those spaces of common ground, then when you have divergent um, mm-hmm. cultural, you know, expressions or experiences, you're more willing to like listen to one another and one another's opinions about why you believe what you believe or why you're different. Um
0: it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Um, is is the Intersect Art Center overtly Christian?
1: Um, we're not. No. Yeah, we're we're officially just a secular nonprofit. Uh-huh. Um, and we've set it up that way intentionally. It's very messy. Um, we've kind of tried to intentionally enter into that mess. Um, but being a secular nonprofit allows us access into a lot of other conversations and partnerships with organizations and funders um, that we wouldn't have access to otherwise. So often we feel like, you know, religious or Christian um, folks or organizations have kind of a toxic relationship with with non-Christian organizations and people and vice versa, too. You know, it's just like can be um, just really hard space to to find how to break the ice. Um, So we wanted to create a space that can nurture that kind of interaction in a really constructive way. So that's sort of why we've been set up that way. at the same time, I don't know, We, one of my, my big personal missions is to sort of kind of bridge this compartmentalization that we've had in, you know, of church and state and try and figure out how to kind of reconcile that relationship a little bit. So it's pretty messy. I mean, we host Christian art exhibitions and we have um, a lecture series coming up on arts and faith. And, you know, my studio, if you walk into it, has these like massive religious <laughs> commission paintings. Um, so it's definitely like... Yeah. A very present part of our work, but at the same time, I don't know if quiet's the right word, but sort of just a a background part of the structure of how we're Mm -hmm. built rather than like an overt sort of missional approach. Um,
0: You're a Christian who's also an artist. Yeah, yeah. So that's how yeah, that's how we've constructed this. Basically. There seems to be this theme of of messiness mm, yeah. and creating beauty out of mess. I, <laughs> oh, I, I hear this coming from
1: you a few times. Here, Mostly that, messiness,
0: I think. <laughs> right. But like that you that you take the mess and you make something out of it. Um how do you incorporate your faith into your work, maybe not necessarily in like your commissioned art work that you're doing, but in everything. Yeah,
1: well, I mean it's just fundamental to who I am and the way I live and work and breathe and move in the world. Um, So that obviously kind of just like plays a role in how I morally build, um, you know, a workspace and interact with people. But primarily it's, you know, over years of building really kind of trusting um, relationships with people that you're able to talk about what you believe Mm -hmm. with them because they care about you and you care about them. Um, So that's been the primary way that my faith has I guess, kind of played out in my in my role at Intersect. Um, and, you know, I'm married to Pastor Bob, and I'm talking to him, <laughs> and so people are, like, very aware, I guess, of my my role at the church as well. Um, so, yeah, just kind of, like, living life as a Christian. Um, in the midst of your community. Yeah, in the midst of your community, exactly.
0: Well, it sounds a lot like your life and your faith have impacted so much of the direction of this organization, but I wonder <laughs> how it's impacted you personally. Oh, sure. Have you, have yeah. you seen— that aspect of things as well
1: yeah um so I <laughs> I grew up at my dad was a pastor and you know back kind of generations there was a lot of pastors in my family mm-hmm. so I was kind of like I'm not gonna marry a pastor <laughs> and I don't want to work in the church and I'm gonna be an artist <laughs> um and I'm gonna so, go to
0: Concordia and study yeah, art yeah <laughs> well you know that was
1: the first step you know <laughs> I did art suit. at a Concordia too <laughs> yeah yeah so you get it um so, of course, I married a pastor because I went to Concordia. No, um, anyway, so, but <laughs> what I've kind of learned through all of this. And, and so then when I went to Wash U, I really wanted to kind of go the professor track and, um, you know, was thinking more seriously about how to be a professional artist. And God just like really opened up the doors for this project to happen. Uh, like I said, I was not planning on working with the church specifically, um, was, you know, kind of even against it. And he was like, no, 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 this, you know, is going to be a tremendous opportunity. And it really has been, I mean, it's the arts are a field, as you know, that's, um, there's not a lot of job prospects. And so, um, yeah, the doors have just been flung wide to make this happen. Um, and so I've just followed and he's given me both the strength to follow as well as the encouragement along the way to, to collaborate with the church and work through the church as a really powerful institution, um, to do community work. It's also been really exhausting. Um, super exhausting. We're, kind of burning out after seven years of this and trying to figure out what, um, you know, what the next chapter looks like and what rest can look like um, in in really challenging kind of community work. So again, kind of relying on, on God for strength and encouragement yeah. to keep going has been uh, sort of the, the current struggle, I would say.
0: Well, I think it's beautiful what you're doing, taking so many pieces and fitting them together into something that is loving and serving your community and giving the church an opportunity to pour into people as well. How would you encourage someone who desires to make an impact in their community? You're, you guys are impacting your community. What would you say to somebody who wants to make something like that happen but isn't sure how to start? I would
1: really encourage them to just actually not be so concerned about making an impact um, mm-hmm. or so worried about something feeling meaningful. I think that can be kind of... Um, Oh, like debilitating um to think you have to like do something really important. Um, you know, if you think about the way we started it was literally one boy who was breaking my studio window <laughs> and just inviting him to come inside, right? Um, and it it sounds really exciting now, but it, like you said, it's a mess, and we have very humble beginnings. Um, so I guess just encouraging people to to be faithful to whatever skill sets um, and passions God has put on their heart and listen. Identify those and then just figure out how to use them, even in the smallest way, the ways that nobody will see, um, because God will really work wonders with it. He takes care of the impact, right?
0: It sounds like the Intersect Art Center is a really amazing place to be. So thank you so much for coming and joining us today and sharing a little bit about the work that you're doing. Sure. Thanks for having me. The Intersect Art Center has learned the art of weaving faith into art, into relationships, into life. Sarah began with a God-given passion for art and learned how to incorporate that into a beautiful ministry, overflowing God's love into the lives of the people who need hope. God has also given you passions and talents. Are you using them to share the story of Christ? Let Sarah's story of the Intersect Art Center inspire you today. Dream a little about how God might work through your individual God-given gifts. Then, go for it. That's Action and Ministry. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legutte. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.